It's time for the LaneCast with Montana's very own Talkin' Ag, Lane Nordland, your voice for agriculture. Well, hello everyone and welcome to the agriculture conversation here on the LaneCast. And we are doing one of those special conversations from the kitchen table, but we're actually not sitting in a house or at anyone's ranch. We're actually in the hospitality tent of the Central Montana Ram Pro Rodeo. So... It's a kitchen table, and joining us all the way from Pendleton, Oregon, is rodeo announcer, and we can call you a renaissance man, Mr. Marty Campbell. Marty, how are things going today? Oh, they're going pretty well. We, uh, the morning came early. I was up late last night doing a bunch of homework, and, and uh, of course, we drove up yesterday from Pendleton, and and uh, so it, was, uh, it doesn't take long to stay all night around here. That's all, what I always say. Well, you've been coming to Central Montana for, is it four or five years you've been announcing yeah, this pro rodeo? this is my fourth year here, and it's always a blast. You know, they they do a great job here. It's got a great committee, and, of course, the Sankey family has some outstanding livestock, and and uh, they really feature my favorite event here, and that's the saddle bronc riding, and, and that's exciting. You know, tonight we got a lineup that any rodeo in the country would be jealous of, so it's kind of kind of a fun place to be now you're very well known up in the pacific northwest and i have a lot of friends in that area that ranch and also uh, listeners of the lane cast and it's just great to just talk to people from the west and that's and that's what i like doing when i'm out and about traveling but let's talk about you you've had a very remarkable career you're a young guy but you you're a pro rodeo announcer you're a minister you were an agriculture educator an ffa advisor and even the state ffa advisor for the state of oregon am i correct in saying yeah, that yeah yeah i uh, advised the state officers there for a short period of time and put on a lot of the leadership camps around the state. So yeah, I've kind of had my hand in a lot of different things over the years. Well, let's just talk about that. How, how did you end up announcing a pro rodeo here in Lewistown, Montana? Let's just talk about your background <laughs> and, and how you came from from the PNW all the way to central Montana. Well, you know, I used to ride saddle brown courses, and in 96, I broke my neck and that ended my career effectively and and i decided i'm gonna start announcing rodeos so i got up there and i started announcing a few college rodeos and things like that and i hated it because i was up there stuck in that booth and all my buddies were down there on the ground and uh, so i had a few fits and starts and i finally i just said you know i'm done with this i i was working for a stock contractor who didn't uh, didn't want to pay me anything so i was going broke one summer and i just said you know i think i'm just gonna teach school and so I did that and then finally oh I don't know it was like 2010 maybe the winter 2010 my wife and I sat down and she said you know it's been 14 years since you got on a bucking horse I think you can let it go because I was kind of like Happy Gilmore I uh I was one of those guys, you know, how he always, I'm a hockey player. And his girlfriend said, yeah, what team do you play for? And I was always, I'm a bronc rider. And my mom, or my wife said, well, you haven't been on one in a while, so I want you to just grab a microphone. And so I hung my shingle out and started getting a few. And I put in for my PRCA card and and got it. And, um, you know, I'd run into Charlie Simmons, actually, in uh, Pendleton there. We were putting on a ranch bronc riding. And he was good buddies with Ned Londo, who's a great friend of mine. And so we got to visiting, and you know he was roommates with Bob Tallman when they were going to school at Cal Poly, and and so we kind of had some friends in common. And 
So he said, yeah, we're starting a rodeo up there in Lewistown. You should come up. And you know, it turns out they had a couple different announcers the first couple of years. And then finally the third year, Wade Sankey called me and said, hey, you want to come to Lewistown, Montana? And I said, you bet. And um, I've been here ever since. So apparently uh, something's going right or they can't find anybody else. I'm not sure which. So, <laughs> Well, you do a very good job, and that's why they keep having you come back here. And this is a pretty fast-growing pro rodeo, only being less than 10 years old. And uh, we just actually uh, finished up the steer trip and here this morning. And what, 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 what's it like, though, to know that uh, you are entertaining a crowd? Of course, I do it on radio, TV, this right. podcast every day. But you have the people live in front of you. What's it like when it's just a dead moment? What, it, what do you it's do? It's terrible. <laughs> no, you know, it's so, you know, I've done television. I've done radio. I've done, you know, live and and when you're working a live crowd, it is so much more work because you truly are trying to entertain them. And, uh, you know, if you've got a, a good clown to work with and, and you've got a, a good rodeo that's happening, it makes a, a world of difference because you, you don't have to work quite as hard. But if, if things start to bog down and you've got some dead spots or you're, you know, and I've been to rodeos where something's going wrong in the steer wrestling, I'm looking around going, where in the heck's my clown? And so you got to fill that in. And so you really have to work hard with your, your entertainer on the ground. You got to work hard with your music people and, you know, people, it's not like it was 30 years ago where people came and they really knew rodeo cowboys and they really knew the sport. And it's a little different at Lewistown because we're in ranch country. I mean, this is ag country, but a lot of places you go, um, they they don't know. They want to be entertained. So you ha really have to work your tail off for two, three hours to keep those people entertained. And uh, it just takes a lot of hustle, a lot of homework, a lot of, um, you know, just, and I, I mean, I, it's kind of like anything else. When I was riding Bronx, I practiced a lot. When I, you know, rope, I practiced a lot. And uh, with announcing rodeos, you, you kind of really have to keep, on top of things what's the new thing what's what you know who won you know like oregon state won the national championship that you get a lot of mileage out of things like that with with people so you got to know where you are all the time well and it's really no different uh, uh teaching in a class like you did in ag education and ffa and mm -hmm. you have an audience that maybe has never seen a rodeo before and let's maybe jump back to that ag education because you mentioned we're in central montana there's several FFA chapters in this region, but what, why is it so important for youth to be involved, whether that is junior high rodeo, high school rodeo, FFA, 4-H, and what, why, what, what do you tell a young person in encouraging them to pursue agriculture education? Well, one of the things, and, and I'm back to teaching, actually. We built a house a couple of years ago, and I figured I better be able to pay for it. And uh, so I am actually back to teaching during, you know, nine months out of the year and i announced rodeo is pretty much full bore during the summertime but what i tell kids uh, you know every cool thing that i've ever been able to do in my life is because of ffa um you know i i was a shy kid i didn't want to get in any of those public speaking contests and my mom and my ag teacher made me get in the creed speaking contest and i forgot the words on the stage I had a gal in the front row supposed to remind me. You're not the only me. one that's done that. Yeah, and, and sh I couldn't hear her, and I couldn't read her lips. I was bending down there, and finally I stood up, and I said, I oh, will skip that verse and go on to the next paragraph, and the crowd just laughed. 
and I loved it and I'm like this is where I need to be you know and so I I went through and of course I had an SAE I worked in a feed store I, I rodeoed all through high school so I, I never showed any animals or anything like that but I learned the business end of things I learned goal setting and record keeping and and uh, I remember the first year I went to the National FFA convention in Kansas City uh, which is a little throwback there but uh, we rode a bus out from Oregon and I made lifelong friends I mean some of those people I still you know know and love and and uh, I said you know these kids if you want to do anything in your life FFA will get you there. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's in the ag industry. Everything you learn in FFA and in the agricultural education program is going to help you down the road, and, and I promise you that. And, you know, you teach a kid to weld, and he comes back to that, and, and uh, you know, you teach a kid how to judge livestock, and they use those skills. And, you, you I mean, anything they learn in ag ed is, is worthwhile, and, and uh, it helps you in every area of your life. It's a good thing. What are some of those comments you maybe get from past students that uh, that you taught that are successful now, or maybe they weren't as enthusiastic to oh, be yeah. in an ag education class or going and judging agronomy or livestock? Uh, uh, what are some of those changes in attitudes you've heard down the road? Oh, you know, it's it's funny because uh, a lot of I've had kids who they didn't want to be an FFA. You know, I I, I want to learn this stuff in the classroom, but I don't want to be an FFA, and I. And I'd get them out there and say, okay, you're just going to go judge livestock. And here's how you give oral reasons. And they go judge livestock and give oral reasons. And those kids, you know, they come back and they're like, you know, everything you taught me about speaking, I use it every day. Or you'll have a kid who, you know, was pretty hesitant to get involved. And now, you know, I've, a great example, I have three of those kids who are now teaching ag in Oregon. And uh, one of them is I, we just hired to be my teaching partner, and uh, it's like, you know, that and all those kids were really shy and really hesitant. Oh, I'm involved in sports, and I'm not going to get involved. And they they just got involved and went all in, and it just opens the doors for them. But I like I had a kid, um, you know, he came from a family that wasn't involved in agriculture, and but he wanted he took a welding class, and so I got him in, in, involved in FFA. And uh, years later, he is now a professional welder. He makes more money than I do as a welder. And I remember when he got accepted in one of those big welding schools, he called me and said, Hey, Campbell, I got, I got in. I said, well, whatever you do, under no circumstances you, do you tell them who taught you how to weld. And the first test he took, he beat the instructor on the score. And I said, Okay, go ahead and tell them who taught you how to weld. But... Uh, you know, he's one of those kids. His dad came to me one one time and he said, "You changed my son's life." And I said, "Well, I don't know about that." And he says, "No, he was going one direction, and he got involved in FFA, and he went a completely different direction, and it's for the better." And I'm like, "Oh, that's cool, you know." So, you you really touch lives in that position. But what's cool is that you become friends with those kids over the years and. And you're not just their old teacher; you're you're their advisor, their part-time veterinarian, and their you know the the surrogate you know parent, and all those types of things, and babysitter, and bus driver, and you name it. You're you're that, and so 
it's it's a rewarding job and my kids are my daughter will be a freshman this year so i'm kind of excited about her getting involved and then my son he's going to be in seventh grade this year so it's coming up for him too and it'll be it'll be cool to see where it takes those two kids now you're also a man of faith as well Mm -hmm. let's talk about how again it's all coming back to education and sharing a message whether it's with your rodeo audience the students in your classroom or out on an ffa trip but also the uh, opportunity to to spread the gospel how did you get into that well you know i i mean it's it was just kind of a natural thing you know the bible talks about a spiritual gift and and uh the gift the spirit has given me is teaching and you know it's it's just one of those things that came naturally and i got involved in some rodeo bible camps and and uh, you know i sang and stuff and so i'd have people start inviting me to come sing at their churches and and uh, pretty quick i i started you know giving messages here and there and and i always just felt called to go in that direction and and even when I try not to, God seems to open those doors. And so my wife and I have a ministry there at our place. We call it Broken Horn Ranch Ministries, and and it's you know it's a outreach to cowboys. You know we we put on ropings and ranch roping clinics and rodeo Bible camp and uh, different things like that. And then every Monday night we have what we call a Monday night gather, and uh, people come and you know we have dinner together and. I sing a little bit and give a message, and and uh, it's it's just been a blast. And then uh, probably my biggest outreach is I write a it's a daily reading is what I call it, and I send those out on Facebook, and we've got an email list. And you know, there's some sometimes you'll write one, and it goes out there, and you you realize, wow, thirty thousand people have read this. Yep. And you're just like, God, it's humbling, you know. Uh, to know that God uses all those little stories that have happened in my life to to introduce people to his word, and it's cool. How, how do you come up with those stories and know how, how to tie that in with a, uh, a Bible lesson or just a lesson in life? What You're probably just out in the field doing something. Maybe you're teaching a class. When does that uh, thought come into your head? It's it usually about, about the time my wife and kids go to bed at night. I sit down, and I go, okay, Lord, what do you got? And and sometimes I'll, you know, I'll be out and somebody will tell me a story and I'll try to write it down in the little note thing on my phone and then I forget to look back at that and then months later I go, oh, I forgot to tell the story about such and such and you know, you, and, I, and I usually just, I think you can learn lessons um, from life and apply God's word to anything in life and I think those stories I write prove that because I have people. Uh, over and over again you know ranchers wives or rodeo cowboys or whatever it is they'll they'll send me a message or they'll call me and they'll say you know i I finally get it when you apply it to real life like that i finally get it you know and i'm like what a blessing that is for me to be able to share you know just sometimes they're just dumb little stories you know like i I told a story about uh, my brother and i we were announcing a college rodeo together and somebody came and the, the guy that owned the sound system showed up start dismantling the sound system in the middle of the rodeo and uh, we said well call the cops and and the rodeo team president she goes well it's his stuff like we're like no we'll use their megaphone so we announced the rodeo the rest of the rodeo from the front seat of a cop car and i remember my brother got on there he goes well this is the first time i've ever been in the front seat of one of these but you know we had a blast and and 
you know, there's a lesson in there. And if you just go back to God's word and, you know, there, you can apply it in any situation like that. And, and that's just been a cool thing for me. It's just been a blessing to be able to do that. And we put together a book of, of those and I got enough to do 10 books, you know, it's fun. How do our listeners maybe that are just, uh, hearing about, uh, you here today uh how can they get on that email list or where can they find you on facebook to uh, to read those every day well our email if they just email me a request at brokenhornranch at hotmail.com uh, i'll put them on the email list or if they're just kind of passing through and they're on facebook they can just look up broken horn ranch ministries on facebook and they're all on there so Great. Well, I'll put a link to uh, to the uh, Facebook page in our podcast information. But a question I, I have now is, why does the world need more cowboys? That was a big oh, discussion yeah. here a few weeks ago about the University of Wyoming's new slogan, the world yeah. needs more cowboys. And it's a when you actually watch their new campaign message, it, the, the world needs more cowboys means so, something different to everybody. But there were some folks that just overreacted to that because of the word, word boy within cowboy. But why does the world need more cowboys? Well, those people that overreact are the prime reason we need more cowboys. You know, it's, uh, you know, and I talk about this, and I see youth all the time. And, of course, I go to rodeos all over the country where they don't have any bucking horse riders. And, you know, and that's a problem. We're all, you know, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And so there's this panic as to, you know, but you got to go to the root of it. Why don't we have bucking horse riders? Well, you know, there's a lot of things. Number one, we were several generations removed from ranch families in a lot of parts of the country. And, uh, you know, so people just don't have that, that connection to the land, connection to horses and those types of things. And then another thing, um, you know, it, and I, I hate to say it, but in a lot of instances, and not every instance, because there, there's kids that will prove you wrong every day, but a lot of instances, kids, they don't have to be tough anymore. Um, you know, and, you know, I asked some kids the other day, what you, what have you been doing all summer? I said, I've been playing video games and swimming. I said, you don't have a job. Oh, no, I don't have a job. And I'm like, man, when I was your age, I mean, I was out changing pipe every day, trapping gophers, you know, getting my hands smashed on a rock or, uh, you know, poking my eye out on a tine on a swather header while i was changing sickle teeth you know I, and i mean i was those kids age and and they're playing video games and and uh swimming and, and which you gotta have fun there's no doubt about that but when you learn to work from an early age um it it changes who you are as a human being and you realize that things don't always go well and you realize that things are tough and uh, and I think when the world has more cowboys, it's those guys and gals that have been out there, and, and I say guys and gals, um, who've been there, they, they've learned to live through tough things. They've learned to rebound when when you get knocked down, you get back up, you get bucked off, you climb back on. I mean, it's that's just how it is. And, you know, I, I wrote a deal the other day, and it was about my son, and, and uh, it was so cool because my son, he's, he spent five years playing baseball, and he, he didn't rodeo in the five years. I mean, he dabble with it here and there, but um, he just he wanted to play baseball, and he's a dang good baseball player, and it was fun to watch him. But last spring, he said, I'm done playing baseball. I'm going to be a cowboy. Well, he's 12 years old. He cracks out, and you know he he's roping, 
and he's learning he's got a lot of natural ability which is kind of really fun to watch but you know you miss from time to time and he's gets all mad and i say hey buddy that's the way it is now rebuild World and champions ever even miss yeah that's what my dad always told me when i was young too yeah yeah well, you know and that's the difference like clay o'brien cooper i watch that guy every now and again and and he, you know he's the best healer in history of the sport arguably of course but i mean he's just phenomenal and then he'll miss one and it doesn't even rattle him because that's part of life but anyhow you know my son he's out there you got these jersey calves he's tying well they're easy to flank and tie so he said dad let's try those coriannis on well they'll eat your lunch buddy and and he said that's all right and he was tying these calves and this little heifer was kicking him ripped his shirt and never stopped kicking him and he finally got her nose down and he tied her down and he never ever had any backup in him and i pulled him aside i said buddy that's what's going to make you a champion i said uh, if if you keep going in a situation where it's hopeless then you will come out on top i said because there's some times where failure is not an option you have to go until the job is done and i think that's why the world needs more cowboys because cowboys learn that because when you're out there on a job somewhere and you are busting your hump you just can't walk away from it you know like for instance and you were talking about cowboys in the agricultural industry you know those time those hours of discouragement which you know we can't deny you know we go back to the ffa creed there are there are so many times and and i look like we had this bottle calf this winter and she she wouldn't suck she had a hard birth and and you know my kids are out there they're busting their hump and we had a tuber and and, i mean it was just a a train wreck and you know so we did this you know we gave her five days and and she wouldn't suck and i don't know she's something was damaged in her head you know and and finally she got the scours and she died you know i mean and those kids had to work their butts all the way through that and still fail but learn that it's not over we got more calves out here you know they keep coming they keep hitting the ground you know we got to take care of them and that's i mean those are the lessons that we learn in life that make us champions in and out of the arena well and this goes back to my point i'm always going to be a champion of ag education and ffa mm-hmm. But even the friends that I had that didn't grow up out on a farm or ranch, they maybe lived in town or maybe yeah. they lived out of town in a subdivision, you know, they they got so much out of that, even though oh, they yeah. didn't think they were going to enjoy FFA at first. But this is where we instill hard work mm-hmm. and a sense of you will learn from your failures because there's so much of that nowadays where if your child fails – and yeah. they don't get that ribbon at the uh, soccer game. Everyone everyone wins. Yeah, That's why it goes back to that point why we need ag, ag education oh, and yeah. FFA and 4-H, but also why the world needs more cowboys. Where, 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 Where's this world going wrong? You know, I think those screens are a big part of the problem. And, you know, a buddy of mine and I were talking, Tony Curran, he, he's, we do a radio broadcast there at Pendleton every year, and, and he was one of the best bulldoggers in the world for a long time. Went to the NFR and the steer wrestling. And, and uh, you know, he's got a, a daughter that's coming up, and I mean just tearing it up in college rodeo. And and he and I were talking. Because, you know, there's, it, you, there's just not as many cowboys. And 
So we were kind of visiting, and I said, you know, one of the things is, is when you and I were growing up, if you wanted to be on the front page, you, you had to do something. And now everybody's on the front page. Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook. You don't have to do a darn thing that's noteworthy, and still people know who you are. You got guys who do stupid junk on YouTube, and they become famous for it. And they haven't ever really done anything of quality that's it's worth something. So you don't have to work to get the notoriety anymore. You just kind of, you know, just we manufacture this really, you know, people take pictures of themselves. It just, just makes me laugh. It's like, you know, let somebody else take a picture of you. I mean, you, you don't want to take a selfie after this no, interview? No, <laughs> no, no selfies. You know, but, but that's, I think that's, it's like we don't have to do any of the hard stuff to get the rewards you know we it used to be by golly if you wanted something you had to work your butt off to go get it and now we have a substitute and you know you didn't get it you didn't accomplish that great thing that's all right people still know you were there and yay yay for you and it's it's like you know whatever i don't care i you know i i the people i look up to in this life might not be the world champions but they're the ones who are busting their humps to make things work in a situation where it shouldn't work. And and nobody knows about it, but by golly, they got it done. And and that's exciting to see. You know, whether it's a, a farmer who's out there fighting fire, you know, because we had some big fires over there in Oregon here. And, I mean, those guys were out there working their tails off for no notoriety, no credit. They were not taking selfies. There was nobody taking pictures of them. There was nobody even saying thank you. But that's not why they were doing it. They were doing it to save their neighbors. They were doing it to save themselves. You know, they were they were doing it for a lot of different reasons. And it's the same thing. I had lunch with the Tuskegee Airmen several years back. Not all of them, but just, you know, there was a group of them came and spoke at our school. And amazing guys. But those guys were discriminated against all the way through World War II. They were treated extremely poorly by the Army, by the government, by, um, you know, the day after World War II was over, a bunch of those officers tried to go into the officers club and they weren't allowed in because they were black and inside that same officers club was a Nazi officer who had just surrendered the day before you know and he's getting drinks poured by the rest of these guys I said how did you guys put up with that they said man we believed number one in freedom but number two we weren't fighting for them we're fighting for these guys you know and they're talking about the guy sitting next to them and you know, there's no notoriety that comes with that. There's no fame that comes with that. And I think we've gotten so addicted to fame and being known instead of doing things just because they need to be done. You know, you pick up the trash not for credit, but because the trash needs to be picked up. Well, and everyone just becomes an expert on yeah. social media, too. And yeah. people are just mean. Yeah. And I Say I, that to my face, pal. Exactly. <laughs> and what, what's, what's a... Tip of advice maybe for a younger person that might be tuning into this uh, podcast today that maybe doesn't have the opportunity to be an FFA or the opportunity to uh, be a cowboy. What's the advice you have for them? Well, you know, I think probably the best thing for them to do if they can't be an FFA, which, you know, not every school has an ag program. If you can't be a cowboy, you're you're sitting in a, a city somewhere. Go get a job and, and work your way from the bottom to the top. You know, and I, I think too many of us, you know, we graduate from college and we think we're going to go out there and make $60,000 a year. Nobody wants to start at the bottom. 
and shoot everybody's got to start at the bottom you know we look at our parents and everything they have we don't realize it took them 35 40 years to get there and all a lot of little jerks and turns and fits and starts and and it, it didn't happen overnight and i think that was a big problem with that housing bubble that burst you know you know everybody went out and the the banks were giving loans on on big amounts of money and and then as soon as the variable rate changed they went under and blah 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 you know you go because we we all want to hear right now and it's okay to start by cleaning toilets in the feed store and washing coffee cups and you know because pretty quick you're you're going to be loading feed you know and then before too long you're going to be running the counter and then after that you're going to be running the store but it takes time and you know i went through a, a sawmill earlier this spring and uh, one of the guys, he was the manager, he said, man, we, we have a hard time keeping people on. He said, and the funny thing is that they don't want to start out at 12 bucks an hour. But if they stick it out for a year, they'll be top of the ladder, you know, because they, they have so much turnover. So if you can't be a cowboy and if you can't be an FFA, get a job and start at the bottom and work your tail off. And you'll be at the top of the heap before too long. Now, you and I both play guitar. I should have brought a guitar. I I didn't even bring one on this trip. I didn't either. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess we're both uh, not up to par in that aspect. Slacking. uh, We we can talk about playing guitar, I guess. Uh, What's what's your favorite song to play? My favorite song to play? Gosh, I've got a lot of them. Um, You know, it'll surprise you, but I think one of my favorite songs to play and sing is... A song by Skid Row, the the '80s hair band, um, called "I Remember You," and the the way I play it, I got it capoed up about five frets, so it <laughs> sounds like you're playing a mandolin instead of a guitar. But um, I like playing that one because it gives me a chance to just belt it out. It's a lot of fun. So, but I, I'd say that's my favorite one. That's a good song, though. Yeah, yeah. Mine's Navajo Rug. Oh, I love that one, too. Ian Tyson. And Silver Wings, that's in there, too. Yeah. That's a good... You always have to play Silver Wings and Navajo Rug. Yeah. Well, I know we got a busy day. You got a performance ahead of you tonight. We got Slack tomorrow and another performance here at the Central Montana Ram Pro Rodeo in Lewistown. Uh, What's a a bit of advice? Uh, I'll I'll give you the floor, as we'd say, in parliamentary procedure. I I always do Bobby's Rules of Order. I (laughs) don't always do Robert's Rules, but I do Bobby's (laughs) Rules. What's just one message you'd have for our listeners here today on the Landcast? I'd say just, you know, learn to work hard and realize that you're not going to catch every time. Um, And you're not going to ride everything they run underneath of you. But that's okay because every every time you land on your head, it's one jump closer to getting tapped off and making everything work. So you just can't give up and you can't be afraid of failing. Uh, if you if you're afraid of failing, you'll never get anywhere. If you're if you're not afraid to get out there and just get egg on your face, it's okay. It's okay. Well, Marty Campbell, there's a lot of negativity in this world, and commodity prices are lower. We got a lot of trade tariffs and everything that's just mm-hmm. making things not as happy as they should be across rural America. But I tell you what, I feel very revitalized just talking with you here and your positivity. Uh, again, where can folks go to uh, read those daily testimonials? Uh, just get on Facebook and look up Broken Horn Ranch Ministries. That's probably the easiest way to find it. And if you're not on Facebook, send us an email at brokenhornranch at hotmail.com 
and just say you'd like to get a few of those daily readings and we'll put you on the email list. Marty Campbell, rodeo announcer, ag education teacher and FFA advisor, man of God, and just an all-around positive individual. And We need more positive people, and of course, he's a cowboy, and the world needs more cowboys. Marty, thank you for joining us here <laughs> well, today. thank you, Lane. It's been fun. Again, thank you so much to Marty Campbell. Maybe he will be at a pro rodeo near you. That'll do it for today's LaneCast. Make sure and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Thanks for joining the Rodeo Conversation. And of course, we always have the Agriculture Conversation here on the LaneCast. That will do it for today. Have a great day, friends. Thank you for tuning in to the LaneCast with Talk and Ag, Lane Nordland. For more on Lane, check out his Facebook page, Lane Nordland Ag Broadcaster and NordlandCommunications.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the LaneCast on your Apple or Android devices. We look forward to joining you next time on the LaneCast.